LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Every week. It's Every a, week. It's a grueling relentless. schedule, relentless schedule. Yes. Best 15 minutes of my week, though, Scott. Excellent, Derek. I'm glad that that's, uh, that is good for you. <laughs> now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, so we encourage you to check out the network page and, and catch a whole bunch of quality Christian podcasts. But for now, you've pressed play on episode number 76 of The One Thing, Casting a Bigger Vision. Now, it's, a little, it's hard to get a bigger vision than what you see in Colossians 1 or Ephesians 1, that God is bringing all things unto Jesus and that he has a desire to see all people hear about Jesus and respond. And so what we want to do as we think about our own ministries and our own churches is work out how we cast a vision that both aligns with what God uh, has said in his word and helps people think beyond where they are. So that's what we're going to talk to Paul Harrington about today. And so welcome, Paul. That's when you say hello and uh, get out of here, Paul. <laughs> you, you just broke up oh, on me. Sorry, you might sorry. still be there, but Thank I wouldn't know. Okay, it's great, great to potentially talk to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have Paul. Paul, you're the network uh, leader of the Trinity Network. You've, you were the city uh, city pastor as well. You're a lawyer. You're from Adelaide, uh, married to Sue, three kids, uh, and probably got – you got how many grandkids have you got now? I have four with one due in October. The last 25 years, you have been working towards this vision. Can you tell us what is what is the vision of Holy Trinity? In a sense, it's a question of what Holy Trinity is. So uh, we have a network of churches. We now have 10 churches. And the network vision is to keep planting churches. So if you ask any church within our network, they have a contextualized vision for how they go about doing gospel work in their location. But for us as a network, the primary focus is on uh, starting new churches to reach new people. So at that level, the, the network's not a church. Uh, it's a family of churches, and we own a common vision for our city together, which is different from a, a local church. Now, now every church has been given the same mission, making disciples. How, yep. is it, how is it that you you know came up with this big vision? When I first became the senior pastor of the mother church in our network, uh, we had a essentially a full church in a a downtown, a city location, and we're trying to work out what we did because we figured we couldn't just stop and be full. So the question was, did we build a bigger building or did we start planting? And uh, over time, we figured it was probably smarter to plant. We had people traveling for yeah half an hour to get into the city. We figured if we tried to plant churches 20 minutes away from the center, they might then give us the chance to plant further afield. So it was just we didn't know if we could do it. Um, we didn't know many people who had done it. And so we figured we'd give it a shot and see what happened. J- just before uh, we planted our first church, I went to the United States and went to a conference on church planting to see if I could learn something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the the guy there said, what What does your city or your state need? And I thought, it's, it's such a good question. So I thought... Probably what our city and state needs is every person to have access to someone who knows the gospel 
how would church planning fit with that? I figured we probably needed maybe six or 700 churches of 200 people scattered across the city and state. So I thought, well, you know, we better get going, you know. Uh, so that was, that was essentially it. Now, Rod Irvine talks about having a credible, shared and a realistic vision. You know, that's, that's pretty, pretty important. It sounds like you're pushed to think about the state and the city and, and, and have a, a, you know, a big vision, you know, a vision that is obviously bigger than you. Um, yep. What are your reflections on that? A shared, credible, realistic vision as you had this big, you know, this vision that seems way bigger than even Holy Trinity. Yeah. Uh, look, when I thought we probably need six or 700 churches, I thought there was no way I was going to tell anyone that uh, <laughs> because it was it was just sort of stupid, you know, because we, we hadn't even planted a church. So I kept talking about the gospel need of our city and what we could do as a church as part of that. Why don't we see if we could plant a church? Mm-hmm. Um, so that we, we, I always had the idea of the need in my head for multiple hundreds of churches, but it just seemed silly to share that really with anyone because it was so unrealistic and off the page. Mm-hmm. So I always had that in mind. We, you know, worked towards how we could affect. So we, by the time we planted our first church in two thousand and one. I reckon half of the mother church, the home church, thought it was probably a silly idea and there was probably you know, maybe 40% of the people who thought, well, we'll let the young pastor get this out of his system and let him have a shot at it and that's where we started, you know, just because we hadn't done it before, you know, mm-hmm. and we were an old established church, you know, so it was, it was a big change for us. So what from the, the point at which you started, how long was it from that vision beginning to your first plant and then the second and third and fourth plants? What was the timeline like there? Yeah, sure. So first plant, we did a congregational internal, you know, multiplication of, of gathering mm. uh, in 1998. We deliberately did that with a view to doing something off-site. We figured we'd, we'd start a new service in our, our church building, then from there, what we do is try and plant a church a couple of years later. Uh, that was in 2001. We took about an 80 or 90 people, depends on who you talk to. If you talk to the guy who took the people, he only took three. If you talk to the <laughs> pastor of the church that sent them, he sent 150. You know, So it's uh, somewhere in between those two figures was the number we sent. And uh, they started 2001. It was 2006 when we planted from our Mother Church again in a 20 minutes in a different direction. 2010, we planted two churches. So the first church we planted in 2001, they planted again. Our vision was always to plant a church that would plant a church, mm. churches that plant churches. Mm. And so now we have 10 churches and five of those have been planted by church plants. That's a situation now. Would you say the vision for those churches is an, is an add-on or is it essential? Is it at the DNA when they first plant, the vision for being a church planting church? Uh, at the launch of each of these churches, we prayed that this church that had just been launched would have the privilege of planting a church. Mm-hmm. So the, the network vision that we all buy into as individual churches and pastors is that every church aspirationally wants to plant churches uh, so that we multiply the work of the gospel through that means and keep spreading it. So that's that's been there right from the outset. And the understanding with 
every partner in our network is that that's what they would like to do. And under God, we see if that's possible. Now, there might be a bit of pushback from, from some of our listeners. You know, a pastor just needs to preach the Bible. Uh, they just need to gather their flock regularly. Why is vision so important, you know, on top of preaching the gospel regularly, evangelizing, uh, pastoring, you know, the saints? Yeah, sure. Look, at one level, it's not, I don't think. That is, I think some pastors are great preachers and great disciples of people who disciple others. So what they do is essentially they build their vision from the ground up. Mm. You know how, how um, engineers tend to construct from the ground. Uh, they piece by piece, they pull things apart. And there are other people who think, the big picture and then work backwards. I think you, can, you can tackle it from any direction. And you can have a pastor who's just passionate about evangelism and he will just look for opportunities to do that in all sorts of ways and the church will grow and abound and they'll keep looking for those opportunities. The vision sort of is organic and flows out of who they are even though they can't articulate it. Mm. I think, though, for, for most churches and most people, having a some sense of where this church is going in kingdom terms and how they serve God, if that can be articulated in a contextualised way, it's enormously helpful for people to be praying for and seeing where they go. I mean, I, I've got a love relationship with vision in some ways because yeah. it, it um, as far as I can tell, it flows out of business thinking, yeah. uh, particularly from America in the 1970s and 80s, okay? Now, that, that was just thinking, uh, thinking. And so what's happened is the Christians have often adopted pagan thinking, and the risk with that, of course, is that you, you develop vision, which is essentially Arminian. Mm. So when I was in the States in the late 90s, I found it so stimulating and encouraging, but it was very a lot of the vision talk was very Arminian. Yeah. So the question was, what will we do for God? Mm. Okay. And and even when I talk to people today, often that's where vision falls. What are we going to do for God? And if you don't have uh, what God has done for us as your starting point, mm. vision is a waste of time, I think. It just becomes a humanistic endeavor that beats people up and exhausts them, really. So with us, what we kept trying to do is to say, because of God's grace to us in Christ and because we're people that are centred around seeing him glorified, how will we go about this? Mm. You know, so we keep trying to put the context in that framework. I'm not thinking lots of people don't, but I reckon that's the risk with vision language. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now we're just going to take a quick break and we'll get to Scott's toolbox in a moment, some good resources he's got. Uh, we are part of the LifeWare Leadership Network and we just want to pause to tell you about one of our other podcasts. Ask me anything. Scott, have you listened to J.D. Greer? We, in fact, had J.D. Greer on. But he we did. I podcast. have listened to it. I think it's. Uh, I think J.D.'s always, always so open, honest, and it's a great podcast because it's asking questions that people are asking. It's a great podcast to get into. So jump on uh, iTunes uh, or your podcast platform and check up Ask Me Anything. All right. What do you got for us today? In the uh, in the toolbox, well, uh, we are talking about vision. And I've, I have found uh, Rod Irvine's book, uh, Inspiring Generosity, quite a helpful book just to think about the role of the senior leader and to think about the place of uh, a vision uh, in that. So I'll give you a link uh, to that book. There's some great books around the place on vision, but I think it's always good to to watch things as well. So there's a great uh, video we'll we'll link to on uh, from Simon Sinek on on the importance of the why, 
short YouTube video, about 25 minutes. Uh, we'll make that in there as well. And then uh, Church Unique. It's a book by Will Mancini. It's another helpful resource. You probably won't agree with everything in it, but there's some just some helpful practical tools for helping you think about uh, a vision. And I guess the final resource, I always want to push you to actually the, the people around you, the networks that you're in. Um, often I think it's helpful when thinking about vision to actually go outside your networks, talk with people who are doing different things. I often find that actually can, can help you think about what you ought uh, to do with the resources uh, and the people that God has given you in your local context. I think often it's, it's helpful to speak to someone outside your own context because they can often ask, ask questions or give you some insight as well. So that's, that's the toolbox for this week. Genupush.com slash resources. There's a whole bunch of videos of people talking about their plants and the vision they had and mm. how they did it. Shameless plug there. All right, back to it. Paul, you've mentioned uh, before when your plants start that first day, you pray that you would be a church, they would be a church planting church. Mm. What are some of the other ways in which you've cultivated vision uh, within the network? I think one of the critical things is to try and keep coming back to the scriptures and God's heart for lost people Mm. and giving people a great sense of concern for those who don't know the Lord Jesus in our city. So that that sort of baseline passion or concern, uh, compassion for people around them, uh, then from there, it, it, as we cultivate vision, I think you've got to keep thinking about who you're doing it with. Um, so with with people who are in key leadership roles, we'll talk about the big picture and where we're going. We'll talk about the strategies for planning churches. Uh, we need our pastors all owning that picture. Uh, we need all the staff teams to do that. We need the leadership teams of the churches to be on board with that. When it comes to people who are members of churches, though, they, I think they buy in at all sorts of different levels mm. uh, so that they, for a lot of them, they'll be aware that they're part of a network and that this, it's a network that plants churches and they know why we're doing it, but they're not necessarily focused anywhere else except in the local church where they're a part of a network, local church, getting on with the work of the gospel, trying to reach their friends. So I think it's... It's just trying to work out who you're talking to and how you layer that that communication to different people, and therefore the level of ownership you need at each point. I think. So when you mm. said you said we'll talk about that, you're obviously talking about it in meetings. Is there is it is it a regular thing you're going back to? Uh, you know, can you have sort of I guess not vision creep, but uh, vision lethargy or vision, you know, sort of yeah. where it where weariness. Yeah, I I think you can. Um, and part of that is being a little bit creative where you're going. So yep. if we just talk about the next 10 churches we plan to plant, that can just wear people out. Yep. Um, if we talk about the people who've been converted in our recent churches, so we planted a church in, in March this year, and already we've seen you know, maybe 30 or 40 people come in that haven't been in a church for five-plus years. Mm. Uh, for everyone in our network to hear that that's happened because we've all been on board in supporting this new church plant is incredibly encouraging. Mm. So I think it's just a case of thinking through how to keep firing people's hearts with the core reason we're doing it and uh, coupled to the need for more people, you know, to hear the gospel. Paul, final question. How do you, how do you deal with vision creep? You know, you must get a lot of people at you for your time outside, you know, networks. Um, there's an Anglican denomination around the world to solve as well. Podcasts. Podcasts. People, podcasts, people podcasts. jumping in and doing podcasts with yeah. you. Uh, 
Um, how do you deal? How do you deal with vision? You know, vision creep. Uh, and you mean losing sight of what we're doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, losing yeah. that focus. Uh, and, yeah, and that, and you, as you say, you, God's given you a place here in Adelaide to do ministry here. How do you how do you keep that focused on your team and yeah. yourself? Yeah. Part of it's just stubbornness. <laughs> um, so, uh, by personality, I I get a little bit bored uh, by doing the same things all the time. Mm. But it's not about me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't afford to be self indulgent. I need to actually make sure that we keep beating in a creative way the same drum mm, yeah. and keep helping people see why we're doing it. Now, that means I actually try and gather people around me who are better at beating systematic beats than I am uh, <laughs> on that drum uh, in order to make sure we keep keep that message, keep supporting that with the resources that are needed, keep making sure people are encouraged, supported in their local church ministries, because you need good, healthy local churches in order to plant new churches. If you don't have those, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, Paul, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. What is the one thing that you want to uh, let people take away about casting a bigger vision? The one thing I think I want people to go away with is to keep remembering the extraordinary grace and mercy of Christ mm. and that that is at the heart of why we do anything. And if you retain that, it's like Paul in, in Philippians chapter 1. I think his idea is that Christ be magnified. It doesn't matter what else happens, but Christ magnified. And I, I just think when it comes to vision, you want to keep keep that front and centre. Great. Well, if you like what you heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes. Paul, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been great hearing you uh, think in uh, to, this, you know, to this area. It's been great to have your experience. Coming up at our next episode, we have Richard Koken talking about gospel resilience. I'm really looking forward to hearing what Richard has to say. He's a very experienced pastor from the UK. Yeah, always worth listening to. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Henner. Chat soon. Chat soon.